Hello, and welcome to another edition of A Matter of Principles, an AWSP podcast. I'm David Morrill, Communications Director at AWSP. The audio from this podcast comes from a video we just released with Dr. Scott Seaman updating our members and stakeholders about the state of Senate Bill 5085 and 5175. Give it a listen, and hear where we're coming from. For 51 years, AWSP has supported principals and assistant principals and the principalship in the education of each and every student. We exist to support principals as a means to the same goal we all have in the K-12 education space, for all of our students to have hope. Today we find ourselves in one of the most challenging spots in our organizational history and in the state, specifically regarding the two principal bills, Senate Bill 5085 and 5175. It seems like the winds are shifting on these bills by the hour, but there's been one constant. We find ourselves between a rock and a hard place. Many of our principals and assistant principals across the state want us to keep pushing for 5085 to pass in its original form. On the other hand, we have some districts, superintendents, partners, and school boards in opposition with varying levels of frustration. AWSP is one of the strongest principals associations in the country and our strong partnership and relationships with our districts is the driving force behind that. We know that nothing happens in the school without trust and relationships, so we've engaged with our partners on a path forward. If you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go together. I want to be clear. Our state has phenomenal superintendents and districts who are exemplary in their support of their principals. From strong relationships and partnerships, robust contracts, clear and defined due process protocols, and provide as much support as possible, coupled with reasonable expectations. And over the last few years, we've heard more and more appreciation, compassion, and support for our principals and assistant principals. We're not the only voice in the room saying we need to do more to support our principals. But we don't need the educational equivalent of thoughts and prayers. We need policies and change. We have many options for how to move forward, but doing nothing is not one of them. Let's talk briefly about why I'm sitting here talking to this camera and wherever you are watching or listening to me. Let's talk about the bills. When Senate Bill 5085 was introduced, these were the key components straight from the Senate's bill report. Remove the statutory limitations on the scope of collective bargaining for bargaining units containing only supervisors and principals and assistant principals, or both. Require the citation of specific evaluation criteria when transferring a principal or an assistant principal to a subordinate certificated position. Require that years of administrator experience count towards these total years of future positions when a principal or assistant principal is transferred to a non-administrative subordinate position and apply employment provisions relating to principals and assistant principals as well. Specify that in addition to an applicant has ever been placed on administrative leave, a school district employment application may not include a question asking whether an applicant has ever been on a plan of improvement, has ever been under investigation, or has ever resigned in lieu of termination. Require evaluators of principals and assistant principals to receive training in evaluation procedures. As we record here on February 22nd, the current version of this bill is now different. The fifth bullet was, was removed, 
as it passed out of the Senate Education Committee. The intent behind that section was to protect principals, who are often put on administrative leave at the drop of a hat for an investigation or grievance, only to be cleared of all wrongdoing. Those questions on a job application are typically used to screen out applicants. We feel the better option is to learn more about the candidates during the interviews and reference checks. It's better for the candidates, and that process can prevent districts from missing out on a great hire. The first bullet of the bill has been the most controversial. Some superintendents were concerned that if principals and assistant principals were allowed to bargain more than just salary and the, and the number of contract days, it would create another labor group that could create contentious relationships. After meeting with partners, including WASA, we asked for this section of the bill to be removed. There is a striking amendment that has been introduced to do just that. This same amendment also introduces a salary floor for administrators relative to a district's teacher salary schedule. It states the lowest paid assistant principal should make 5% more than the highest paid teacher. For principals, the gap should be 15%. Given the typical contract for principals and assistant principals includes 20% more working days, we can't imagine there are many districts who aren't already meeting this requirement when comparing base salaries. Unfortunately, the current fiscal note on the bill estimates the potential cost of bargaining working conditions which should be struck from the bill. We don't know the extra cost of adding a salary floor. Senate Bill 5085 was never intended to be an unfunded mandate or to have a fiscal component. It's a first step towards making it easier to recruit, retain, and sustain our school leaders. The other bill, Senate Bill 5175, simply allows districts to offer a three-year principal contract. Principal positions, especially at the high school level, are getting harder and harder to fill. The ability to offer or accept a three-year contract is one possible incentive to help reduce principal turnover. It can also provide the support a principal needs to dismantle systems that are bad for kids. We know change takes time, so we need our principals making decisions with a long-term vision and a plan, not simply leading to have a job the following year. As for the concern about buyouts, there are many ways to write a contract to give principals and assistant principals a little more protection and security while protecting the district's ability to move on from cases of misconduct or mismanagement. Over the past few decades, the expectations for the role of the principal have changed. Principals are no longer just expected to manage the school, but also be the instructional leader, crisis manage, manager, social worker, etc. Many principals report the job has grown more complex post-COVID. If we want strong students filled with hope, we need strong schools to create them. Strong schools don't exist without strong principals or assistant principals. Every job in K-12 plays an important role in our students' success. But systematically, it makes sense to invest in a principal leadership. Why? Listen to what the Wallace Foundation has to say. Based on research since 2000, the impact of an effective principal has likely been understated, with impacts being both greater and broader than previously believed. Greater in the impact on student achievement and broader in affecting other important outcomes, including teacher satisfaction and retention, especially among high-performing teachers, student attendance, and reductions in exclusionary discipline. Can we break that down for a minute? a greater impact on student achievement, so a direct impact on learning, and a broader impact on other important outcomes, 
like how they call out better teacher satisfaction and re retention. We cannot create more equitable outcomes for students without a focus on attendance and reductions in exclusionary discipline. Just like our school leader paradigm, the principle directly affects the school's culture, systems, and learning outcomes. The Wallace Foundation also said, an effective principal's impact is stronger and broader than previously thought, making it difficult to envision a higher return on investment in K-12 education than the cultivation of high quality school leadership. When they say the principal's impact is stronger and broader than previously thought, keep in mind their previous research concluded that principals had the second largest impact on student achievement right behind a great classroom teacher. We'll be putting together more links and resources to the research about the important role principals and assistant principals play and the value investing in school leadership can return. But for now, we'll leave you with a two quick more nuggets to think about as we talk about our truths. First, only one in four principals in the same school after five years. And secondly, it takes years to improve a school's culture and build the systems necessary to impact learning for all. Those are two conflicting data points when considering the alarmingly high principal turnover rates across all grade levels, regions, and contexts. We're the only organization in the state dedicated to advocating for and supporting principals, so it's our duty to act. The intent of these bills is to provide more support for our current and future school leaders. While there isn't a magic wand or a single fix to make attracting, retaining, and sustaining effective principals, these bills are a good start. And yes, let's increase the allocation for school leaders in the prototypical funding formula, but the reality we hear from legislators is that's not going to happen this year. It's also no, not going to fix the realities our leaders are facing. Even if every school could hire one additional AP, where are we going to find them? The market of exceptional leaders ready to take on the challenges of school leadership is shrinking fast. There are many reasons for that. Let's look at things that we know to be true. According to our state surveys, in line with national surveys, the average principal or system principal is working six days a week for nearly 60 hours a week. We're receiving more calls in our office from principals in need of support, and we're seeing an alarmingly amount of burnout and mid-year resignations. We see far too many principals and assistant principals put on administrative leave for months at a time without any resolution. And in most cases, there's no evidence of any wrongdoing. We're seeing more jobs posted for longer periods and with fewer applicants. We hear of more and more AP positions simply going unfilled. In many districts, we've also seen the gap between principals and assistant principal salaries and teacher salaries narrow substantially. We're seeing lower numbers for many of our state's principal prep programs, which holds true for our Washington State Intern Grant Program as well. Of the people in our intern programs, the number of them wanting to lead high school or at the high school level is shrinking to a dangerously low level. The question we hear more and more, whether from teachers, legislators, lawyers we work with, or even current principals is, why would anybody want to be a principal? Well, the answer is, despite being one of the toughest jobs in the world, we still believe it is one of the most rewarding and satisfying jobs. Our school leaders make a difference and leave a forever impact. What else do we believe? Unless we fix some of these structural issues, things will get worse before they get better. 
The principal problem isn't just a principal problem. Shrinking numbers of school leaders combined with higher rates of turnover is costly for districts in terms of actual dollars and lost opportunities. It hurts teachers and kids too and has a direct impact on student achievement. Our system needs school leaders to stay in place long enough to make a difference. We also need some of our principals and assistant principals to take on roles in the central office and become superintendents themselves. For all of those reasons and more, we believe the principal problem is everyone's problem. We need tangible solutions now. If you stayed with me long enough, thank you. And if you know anything about me and ADRIS-P, you also know that we're about hope. I'll leave you with a few things we hope and are hopeful for. We hope people are aware this isn't our bill anymore. We can always advocate just like we have and, the bills and just like the bill's opponents do, but it's ultimately up to the legislature at, this, legislature at this point. We hope people understand principles are always stuck in the middle, just like we find ourselves in. Principles don't have the power and authority of a superintendent or district office, nor the strength and numbers of teachers or classified staff. We hope to see thriving numbers in our intern grant and prep programs again, and to stop getting calls from panicked superintendents because they can't find qualified candidates to fill their positions. To our members across the state, we hope you understand how hard we work on your behalf and how much we value and appreciate everything you do. To our partners across the state, we hope you realize the urgency we feel in doing something concrete and right now. More importantly, we hope you realize how much we value our relationships and partnerships. It takes all of us to make a difference for kids. Thanks again for watching, listening, or reading. We believe every student and teacher deserves great school leaders. Our intent with these bills was to create policy changes to help make that belief a reality. We know the status of these bills is likely to change, and it might even change by the time you're getting this message. If you have any questions, please reach out to me or my team. Keep checking our website for more updates and resources. And on behalf of all of us here at AWSP and our foundation family at AWSL, CISPIS, and Outdoor Schools WA, keep up the great work for kids.